You work all day, then go home and make dinner. That's not fair, because making your dinner, that's our job. We don't work all day, then go home and do your job, so stop doing ours. Head into Buffalo Wild Wings for America's favorite wings, shareables, burgers, and more. Choose from 21 signature sauces and seasonings to take your dinner from mild to wild. But don't worry, we're dinner pros. If things get too wild, we've got dozens of beers on tap and a full bar to bail out your palate. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. Blog Talk Radio. Lucis Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations, and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill, presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucid Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Welcome. Inner sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have within you the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way, with new eyes. So, stay with us and together we'll look at the world and ourselves with inner sight. Our topic for today is discrimination. And... We have to give some credit to Alice Bailey, the founder of the Lucis Trust Organization. Um, the main inspiration for the dialogue on this, sh- on this show comes from the works of Alice Bailey, who wrote 24 volumes of literature. And also the following thought comes from the works of Alice Bailey. The true work of education is to train the individual in right discrimination and true sensitivity to the vision. Discrimination is so often associated with wrong actions, but fear seems to have a spiritual power. Is that right? Yes. Um, I was listening to your um, introduction and thinking that um, the angel's wisdom often um, turns words and concepts on their head, so to speak, and uh, sees them from the inside out. And this is a good example, discrimination. We, in this country have a long history of discrimination practiced in a way that was extremely hurtful to masses of people, and it's part of our unfortunate and tragic history. But there's another kind of discrimination which calls upon the powers of the mind that is, in fact, a deeply spiritual attribute, and it really has its foundation in the teaching of the Buddha, who recognized that the cause of human suffering was desire and wrong desire for things that are ephemeral, passing, and material, rather than uh, aspiring to um, the life of um, the inner planes of being and of um, the infinite uh, truth, you could say. We... we, um, lock into aspirations that lead us only to suffering and uh, eventually empty-handedness. And that was why he taught about the need for discrimination. It's one of what are called the three Ds, 
three values that begin with the letter D and that are vital to the spiritual path. The first is dispassion. In other words, learning to let go of desire. The second is discrimination, which is the using of the mind to choose and to choose rightly. And the third is detachment, which is release and freedom. And um, discrimination works through all of our five senses. I mean, there is an aspect of discrimination that's required in all the five senses of hearing, sight, and touch, and taste, and smell. You make me think of our cat who was extremely Mm -hmm. discriminating about her food. She would not eat chicken. There you go. (laughs) And there you go. It um, it starts way back then. And Mm -hmm. we're speaking of food. I mean, there is a great... Uh, interest today in in food mm-hmm. and acquiring new tastes and new kinds of food and uh, uh, the more subtle tastes of spices and that sort of thing. So that's stimulating our discriminating ability in the highest higher realms of these five senses that we have. Also, the sense of smell you see mm-hmm. in perfumes mm-hmm. and the whole perfume industry is based on discrimination between good and bad smells, and uh, um, sight and touch and hearing also have their same uh, uh, requirements for discrimination. Do you think that um, the human family has become a lot more discriminating in, say, the last century? It seems to me that it has. Well, I I was thinking, so yes, uh, uh, earlier what you said about uh, the... um, pain caused by discrimination against uh, ethnic groups and skin color and that sort of thing and religion. Um, We we build these patterns of thought uh, over on um, incorrect knowledge Mm -hmm. and uh, discrimination like that is based on misperception of what's really there. It's, It's perception only of the form nature not upon, as it says in the teachings, and not upon the state of being that is within the form. And I think on that very point is where we find some common ground between discrimination as it's been historically practiced in a cruel way towards people who were different in religion or uh, race or culture or whatever, and the discrimination that the Buddha taught, because one exists on a higher level of the mind and the other on a lower level. And uh, the very lowest form of discrimination simply identifies a race, a language, a group, a religion, or whatever, and says, I don't like that. They have to go. And the higher use of the mind, however, which can discriminate between a lesser and a greater value and which can develop the ability to aspire to the good, the true, and the beautiful is a a much-needed attribute on the spiritual path. There are so many aspects of life that have their lower components, but also their higher value. And discrimination is certainly a needed attribute when the mind is used rightly, not to separate people from one another, but to identify ideals and values that are worth aspiring to. Yes, it's said that the soul... The alone, soul alone perceives correctly. The soul alone perceives yeah. correctly. Only the soul can really perceive uh, the the correct 
uh, gain correct perception because it sees from the soul level at the soul level and within the soul within the form so it uh, it is able to identify with the true nature of that form and it also can aspire and identify with the vision which was the other um, aspect of our opening thought the true work of education you said is to train the individual in right discrimination and true sensitivity to the vision and the soul is that attribute that part of ourselves our higher self that recognizes the vision even if not completely and in detail it grasps it in consciousness and pulls us up by our bootstraps so to speak and enables us to aspire to something distant and very high and discrimination is the faculty that we need to be able to even recognize and appreciate the vision and the ideal people with no developed mentality at all can only aspire to their next meal Mm -hmm. and to uh, uh, procreation and survival but with the mind and the senses and the taste developing, we can aspire on increasingly higher levels and see the difference between lower and higher. And it's not an infinite process, but extremely graded. Yes, if you begin to um, look at the differences between right and wrong, but also there is um, the distinguish the difference between right and more right. More, right. <laughs> more wrong and more wrong. So, I mean, there are grades of mm-hmm. gray in that uh, those two uh, um, polar opposites, so to speak, of right and wrong, and the same as right speech and wrong speech, for example. There's um, there are gray areas within within between those two, right speech and wrong speech. Where mm-hmm. uh, it's sometimes uh, best to hold back on speech rather than uh, or speaking correctly, or speaking with discrimination, here again. I have found that um, learning right speech is a perhaps a lifelong task, or maybe lifelong task, because, like you say, it uh, it proceeds from one level to another, and you don't begin to learn it all at once. You stop um criticizing, cursing, swearing, and condemning, but that's just the beginning. And there are nuances in language, both written and spoken, that you become more and more sensitive to as you uh, become more discriminating and able to sense the effect that language has. And I find it's just an incredibly long and subtle process of... Uh, finer and finer gradations of um, uh, speech and expression. And this is the main reason why we should open that passageway to the soul and allow those uh, soul energies and influences to come in and uh, give us that capacity for those finer gradations of um, discrimination. For those people who just tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight. Our topic for today is discrimination. Well, a lot of people express their desire to learn more about uh, Lucy's Trust, and uh, 
we're not a religion, if, if that seems to be one of the most common questions, and uh, we do have information that we send out. It's uh, quite comprehensive. You'll uh, learn who we are, and uh, if you'd like to um, join us in meditation or in various other meetings that we have, I think you'll find them interesting, and I think it'll uh, stimulate your spiritual thinking if you do so. Uh, we have people who uh, come to see us who are who join us, and they're from all walks of life and a multitude of religious backgrounds, and spiritual philosophy is the theme we often uh, talk about. So give us a call if you'd like our uh, information. We have a general package of information uh, that's got a lot of good information in it. Uh, give us a call at our toll-free number, 1-866-695-8247. And in that information, I think you'll find some of the literature to be interesting and beneficial, and I think you'll like it as much as I have. Uh, once again, the general package of information, if people, because we hear the pejorative so often, can you yeah. say more about that discrimination and how we can all maybe uh, learn the positive aspects of discrimination? Well, again, to come back to the Buddhist teaching, he taught um, the need to discriminate between the pairs of opposites because that is where our desire usually attaches itself. Um, desire and repulsion are really two poles of the of the spectrum, and some of the traditional polarities are right and wrong, the real and the unreal, good and evil, light and dark prison and freedom, love and hate, uh, truth and falsehood, the self and the not-self. There are many other dualities, but the Buddha taught that through discrimination we can recognize that which is neither of the polarities, and that's what he called the noble middle way. And this is a, an essential um, Buddhist concept, that the noble middle way leads beyond transcends, unites and transcends the pairs of opposites and leads to release from both both polarities. And it's a concept that requires a precision of mental balance and discrimination that I find fascinating and challenging. I think so much of our present-day society and trend in education is to train the person to cleave to one ideal versus another, to choose, and then to uh, give it one's, one's all. And sometimes that leads to excess and to a failure to appreciate the opposite polarity. And um, we have to realize that, as the Buddha taught, the, to finding that noble middle way, that uh, between each of those pairs of opposites that you mentioned, there is a middle way, a middle passage that is neither of those extremes. And uh, that's also uh, one of the uh, finer points of discrimination that uh, uh, at least uh, when one begins to, as they say, tread the path of discipleship, one has to begin to uh, try to find these finer distinctions between, say, right and wrong and uh, uh, because that's where, on that middle path, that's where uh, liberation and the lighted way is found. And it's a very difficult path, and that's why it's called the razor's edge, because mm -hmm. it's a very fine, distinct um, balancing 
between uh, the pairs of opposites, we're not talking about the obvious ones of true evil and true goodness. Those we learn to distinguish as children, if not in past lifetimes. But the more subtle nuances, such as you were talking about of right and more right, um, those are values that become increasingly subtle and um, fine on the spiritual path of consciousness. You begin to realize that your cherished principles, your ideals, might in fact be lower versions of still greater principles and ideals, perhaps less complete than some greater principle that in a sense trumps the ideal you've cherished all your life. And when you begin to awaken to this greater principle, then you must be prepared to let go the old ideal, the old value. And that's where uh, dispassion and detachment become so invaluable. Yes, they um, they have, as you mentioned earlier, I think about the law of repulse. Uh, there is one of those <laughs> one of spiritual favorite. laws. I think we've talked about this in the past. The uh, law of repulse. The law of repulse. Uh, That's another uh, bad word. We're using a lot of it, bad words today. It doesn't, doesn't mean repulsive. repulsive. But uh, in a sense it does. It, it, it means actually um, developing an attitude towards that which is not desirable. And... Uh, Repulsing it. That's right, pushing it away. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, this is one of the finer distinctions that uh, one encounters on the path of discipleship or on the spiritual path of on the path of light, uh, is finding that middle way because it is not either extreme, because we talk about the pairs of opposites, but it's not following the, the way of either extreme. Mm -hmm. It's finding, as I said, that middle ground, somewhere in the middle, that is neither of those extremes, but is a third factor that uh, leads out and liberation and repulsing all of those on the extremes that um, are not any more desirable. And I think people are awakening in some way to this recognition today because we have what's called the third force in politics. And um, I think it's a sign that people do realize, as you say, that there is something more than the old familiar polarities that unites them. It transcends them and yet at the same time unites them through this recognition of a third and higher point. Yes, you, you see that uh, they're working that out in, in politics. Uh, more and more they, they see that... Um, there has to be this third way, this third force, because that's uh, <coughs> that's what <coughs> excuse me liberates us from uh, the old patterns of uh, working and thinking. So at the same time, we have two tendencies. It seems one is the realization that we need to develop mentally if we are going to tread the spiritual path. We have to develop the mind and all its faculties to discriminate increasingly subtle fields of energy and force. For example, to begin to recognize what is materialistic, uh, you think, well, diamonds and furs are at the beginning, mm -hmm. but the materialistic element of life becomes ever more subtle because the form world includes ideas and 
concepts and um, and aggregates that you might not associate with materialism and yet are dense and binding just as the material plane is. On the other hand, you have this drive in human consciousness today to somehow find a way to include varying and divergent points of view. And I think that's something that you're touching on in the political field. People are trying to find common ground. And if we can do that without giving up our God-given powers of discrimination and common sense and good judgment, we'll really move forward into a new age. It means to do that, it means to... um Consider something other than yourself and your own what? particular point of view. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, <clears throat> it means taking in more of the whole, uh, the whole spectrum, the whole thing, rather than the whole vision, rather than just your isolated little special interest vision. Yeah. If you're fighting only for your special interest vision, then um, you're going to be always fighting on in these polarity confrontations. You against everybody else. And uh, it's unfortunately, it seems to be that which is working out, say, in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. They're not able to find that common ground somewhere in the middle that can liberate them from that eye-for-an-eye kind of mentality. There's a, a wonderful statement from the teachings that says, for neither on the right nor on the left lies safety for the one who seeks the lighted way. And that's the transcendent, noble, middle way that we're all seeking. We need the mind and the searchlight of the mind to be able to tread it. That's gained mostly through meditation and study of spiritual scripture, which is another program. Mm -hmm. It's not just the the lower mind that separates and divides. It's the higher, more intuitive mind that will give that... um, that sense of uh, detachment and dispassion. And that perceives the inner unity behind all forms. Uh, We'd like to send you a general package of information. If you'd like to uh, know more about us and learn all the different levels of Lucis Trust, uh, the package of information certainly might stimulate your interest. So give us a call if you like that general package of information, one 866 695-8247. Once again, that's 1-866-695-8247. The easy way to remember, 1-866-NY-LUCIS. LUCIS LUCIS is L-U-C-I-S. That's 1-866. Think of New York LUCIS. Our website, www.lucistrust.org. You've been listening to In Your Sight. Now we would like to close with a world prayer called the Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light Stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. 
May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth.